bored to death Mando cast, talking Disney Plus's show The Mandalorian in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome to the Bored to Death Mando cast. I am Jay Winger, being joined by Chris. And as you may have heard just before that, we I recorded a new little intro that I, uh, for these. Uh, Mando casts and along with a couple of other things I'm very happy with them hopefully you the listener will as well will be as well uh, but Mandalorian last last week we both really enjoyed the, the new uh, the uh, new episode the like, new, of the, the new season premiere like I don't even know what to call my favorite scene out of that <laughs> there episode. was so, there was so much like you know you had Boba Fett showing up at the mm-hmm. end you had and the, it was uh, Tamir Morrison too which just makes it even more awesome exactly they got the original uh, uh, Jango Fett the and original, clone trooper yeah they back. got him back. Uh, they also had, what else was there? There was, uh... Well, well, there was a lot of other fan service stuff that you and I may not have recognized because we haven't been reading some of the newer novels, because Cobb Vanth, the Marshal, was from the Aftermath trilogy. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay, so he's one of the characters from one of the Star Wars Legends novels? No, from one of the new Star Wars oh. novels. Yeah, I yeah I have from read. the new canon. Yeah, I haven't read any of that. I don't, but crate dragons, I found out, were in the Knights of the Old Republic game. You could you could fight and kill one, and one of the rewards you got was that pearl, which was very very expensive and very very valuable. Oh, so basically that, that thing where when it was holding it up and the others all start just celebrating, it's like we're rich. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Uh, so they killed the monster and got the loot. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, the, the, wow. What the... wow, so the show is an RPG. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> he went to a quest town and you know, met an NPC and killed a killed a boss. So, but he, he needed a little help killing the boss. But yeah, still. but you know that was just something I found out. I found out later when I was reading up on some of the Easter eggs in the in the episode, and that Cobb Vanth was from the from the books and the. Crate dragons had been actually depicted in Kotor, and yes, they are about as big as that in the game as well. They they need they need to do a Knights of the Old Republic uh, series. I want to see a live action. Well, while we're ta- while we're talking about series, oh, we yeah. should talk about the other news that came out this week. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> they announced that uh, they are doing a Boba Fett miniseries. Yeah, and I'm wondering how that's going to work because Tamir Morrison. It feels like it should. Definitely be something that falls between, that shows what happened to him between Return, Return of, of the, the Jedi, Jedi and and this and Episode Nine of the Mandalorian, uh, basically confirming how he lost the armor or how uh, the Jawas picked it up, what he's been doing in the interim. And I'm, wa- I'm wondering if they found him passed out in the desert, and they were just and like, they just stripped him of all of his armor. It's like he's not waking up. It's like poke poke poke. <laughs> he's not waking up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they took they had to have taken he probably like made his way to like I don't know, Moss Isley or something, found out Jabba the Hutt was dead and Probably the closest place would have been Jabba's Palace, which I don't know in the new canon what exactly happened to it after. I think in the Legends continuity the Tuscan Raiders took it over. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. They saw it and were just like hours now. Yeah, basically, <laughs> the rancor. There's good meeting on. There's there's good eat eating on uh, all that rancor meat. <laughs> if they got to it fast enough, this is true. Um, but at any rate, uh, so last episode, chapter nine, 
actually the title of it is The Marshal. It hasn't been sh- updated yet on uh, Disney Plus, but I saw online that that is what the episode was called. I think we both missed like a title card. When I it think up. I think we did. I think we were just so excited to see. The oh yeah, episode. We were we were geeking out over the over the little the little shots of his ship flying over Tatooine and the and the theme music and everything. Well, this and, new, this new episode, chapter ten, I know is called the Passenger. And as you can as we can see here on the screen, uh, the episode summary just reads: The Mandalorian must ferry a passenger with precious cargo on a risky journey. And I'm like. What precious cargo can there be that isn't that isn't Baby Yoda? Kyber crystals. I suppose, yeah. I, I imagine that somewhere the First Order or, what, or whatever it is before it organizes into the First Order is probably looking for kyber crystals for Starkiller Base. Because you're going to need some pretty big kyber crystals to be able to... Well, do you remember the kyber crystal? Blow, to be able to blow up an entire star system. Well, do you remember the kyber crystal that blew up in the uh, that one episode of Rebels? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It was so. the episode that led into Rogue One. Oh, that's right, because they were, again, gathering all the kyber crystals they could for the Death Star, you know, to charge up its laser. Because I remember they were like, what needed a kyber crystal that big? <laughs> yep. Um... So, but we don't know anything else about this episode apart from the title. Um, we know Boba Fett is seemingly tracking Mando, probably just so he can get his hands on his armor again. Well, I was watching uh, Angry Joe's uh, video for the first episode after we had watched it. Um, do you now they brought this up? But do you think we're going to see a fight between Mando and Boba? Almost, almost certainly we are. And it's going to be one of those age-old fights between youth and skill and age and treachery. (laughs) You know, it's like, Mando might be be a pretty good fighter, but Boba's been doing this longer. One thing I want to see, I know they're not going to do it. But I last I checked, this was canon. I don't know if he actually ever kept it on him, but apparently one of Boba's weapons that he used, not frequently, but he has used it, is a lightsaber. Because he actually did have a lightsaber duel with Vader at one point in time and actually beat him. Yeah, but we one thing we have to remember now is that's Legends continuity. Yeah. We don't know... If that still holds in the new canon, it better. <laughs> it better. <laughs> if they make some reference to it, or if it turn, or if he suddenly pulls out like a cortosis blade or something, something like that. But I imagine that would have to sh- the the cor- the cortosis blade or whatever would only come in handy really if they come up against an, another Jedi somewhere. Because yeah, you remember cortosis from the uh, from the games. I'm trying to remember which one that was. Uh, I believe it was... Which game was it? It was in the Jedi Knight series. I think it was Jedi Knight 2. I never played those games. Well, see, and um, the Jedi Jedi Knight series started with Dark Forces, which introduced Kyle Katarn. Yeah. Have you you heard of that character? Uh, May have. He was mostly in the games. He may have had an appearance in one or two of the novels. I can't be certain. But in the first game, he's basically a bounty hunter. He gets hired by the Rebellion... To first help them make sure, help make sure that the Death Star plans, you know, get out of wherever, whatever location, you know, and then he eventually ends up going up against an Imperial officer who is basically making uh, droid troopers 
like sto- they're like not like the droid troops that the separatists used. These were like much beefier and were wearing like souped up stormtrooper armor. And he would call them his dark troopers. For some reason I was thinking of the death troopers from Rogue One. Kind of, you know, maybe they adapted some of those ideas from the dark forces game for the death troopers. Possibly. I, possibly. But in the first Dark Forces game, you do actually fight Boba Fett at the end of one level. Uh, when you beat him, he just takes off in his in his jetpack. So no, you don't get to kill him, of course. But um, no, that's in the but it's in Dark Forces Two has the subtitle Jedi Knight, where it turns out, where Kyle discovers that he has force powers, and you develop them over the course of the game. And yes, you have the morality choices like are you going to be light side or dark side. And depending on which way you go, you have diff- there are different cutscenes, and these are like FMV cutscenes, you know. Yeah. And uh, there, the boss fights might be slightly different, kind of thing. Uh, in the canon of those games, Kyle stayed stayed true to the light, uh, and then you had Jedi, and then you had Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think there was Jedi Outcast 2, which was Jedi Academy. It's just like they kept making, giving it like 2, and then a subtitle, and then the subtitle would just become the title of the next game. Oh, so it was like Final Fantasy 7, with all the spin-offs. No, because it wasn't, it wasn't like it was Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Dark Forces 3, Jedi Knight 2. No, they just dropped whatever the previous title was. But yeah. Um, and, you know, but in Dark Force, in, not Dark Force, in Jedi Knight 2... There's an Imperial Remnant officer who teams up with a former student of Luke Skywalker from his Jedi Academy on Yavin 4 who basically turns to the dark side and is ho- hoping to use a, a sacred Jedi site that can like supercharge the Force, the force users there, make their powers stronger. Hmm. Uh, and But the, the Imperial officer gets his hands on a bunch of cortosis, which is a material that resists lightsabers. And when you fight him, he's wearing, he's got like a big, like powered armor suit of this stuff. And you have to basically destroy the, destroy the shield generators around the room, which is for his ship, not for him, which will like expose the weak points. So you can hit him with for massive damage. It's, the games were, were kind of interesting. I unfortunately never got a chance to play the Jedi Academy one for more than like a couple of levels because uh, I I never got my hands on a cop I never bought a copy of it because by that point my parents PC because I didn't have one of my own yet couldn't could barely run Jedi uh, Jedi Outcast oh so, it must have taken you forever lag lag no lag. it wasn't cl- quite like that I managed to, I did manage to play it but I was like this this game barely ran here I know I'm not going to be able to run uh, Jedi Academy I played like a couple levels of it at a computer uh, cafe that happened to have a copy of it on uh, their their PCs. So, uh, but I never really got a chance to go much further than that. Uh, but Cortosis or something like it showing up in the new Jedi canon or the new Star Wars canon would be interesting, and it would be a nice little way to sort of bring another thing from the Legends continuity into the new continuity. But you know. I think we've uh, rambled a little bit enough for the uh, for our little intro, and we're both looking forward to this. 
been waiting a waiting like a day and a half at this point the both of us or practically two full days <laughs> now much. to get a chance to watch this because I wasn't gonna watch it without you and I know you were like you wanted to wait and watch watch it as well so we could do this Mando cast so uh, so that about wraps it up for this part and uh, we'll see you after the binge hey while we're watching this episode you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Girls Who Like, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And we're back, and that was a nice little pocket of nightmare fuel. <laughs> so, um, well, the episode the episode opens with him just dealing with a couple with some bandits that try to basically, they, they, they trip up his bike and then uh, hold the kid hostage. Well, one of them holds the kid hostage. He manages to knock the other two out Three Stooges style. Yeah. No, they no, the, the other out. three. Oh yeah, there were three of them. <laughs> well, remember he, he there used... were three besides the one that got the knife to the kid's throat. Yeah, I know. Remember the and other two that he was got into the yeah. fist fight with, and then he snatched the the gun away from them, yanked it, and knocked the other two out with the gun. And then a fourth, the fourth one, had the knife to the kid's throat. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, but they basically they hold the kid ransom, uh, or the the last standing one. Does and he wants the jetpack. <laughs> it, it's funny because all, all the shit. Like I seriously thought that he was gonna try to make off with Boba's armor or something, and then he sees the uh, nice shiny jetpack that he's wearing, and he goes, "Okay, click click," sits down right in front of him, hands the kid over, and, takes he, the forgot, and he forgot that it has a remote system. <laughs> I don't think he even realized that, that it had that's a remote true. System. Well, he neither just... did we really until that scene. <laughs> yeah, guy takes off running with it, and next thing you know he takes off flying with it, and then gravity happens, and you see him fall. Mm-hmm. And the baby, <laughs> and the baby Yoda, when the when the guy fell out of the sky and landed on the ground, just turns and looks up at Mando, who just shrugs. <laughs> Not my fault. He was stupid. Yeah, basically. Um, but then he basically hikes back to back to Mos Eisley with all of his stuff all on his back, including the meat from the crate dragon. Oh god. Imagine how bad it smelled inside of his suit. Oh god. Does he even have a shower on his ship? Uh, he has a... F- the, I don't know. Uh, I hope to hell he does. Um, but at any rate, he meets back up with what's her name the uh, the mechanic lady yada 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 she puts him in touch with somebody that can tell him where more where more Mandalorians are on like next system over essentially yeah next state over more or less uh, this con- this contact just wants a lift to <clears throat> this moon there. Uh, water planet, this uh, presumably because they, I think she called it the estuary moon of Trask. But regard, whatever. 
And it's a frog. It's a frog lady. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Mando does not speak frog. He asks her if she speaks Hatties, even talks to her in Hatties, and she just sort of blanks at him. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Okay, never mind then." And he just sort of he just sort of turns turns back, and his body language alone just sort of screams, "This is going to be a long flight." Because here's the thing. No hyperspace. Yes, because apparently the precious cargo is her eggs. The last of her family line. Yes. Uh, and I think she, you know, she also said of her lifeline. I take that to mean that's her last clutch of eggs. She has no more. She's not going to spawn anymore. You know, that's if they, it. If they go, then <clears throat> that's it. That's you the know, her, that, that's the end of her. That's the end of her her bloodline essentially. <clears throat> um, but. They're trying to get from point A to point B, and shenanigans happen between that. Well, and we should talk about the shenanigans. So... He essentially gets pulled over for the Star Wars equivalent of a broken taillight. <laughs> he get, he essentially gets two X-Wings flying, like one on the left, one on the right, mm-hmm. and they're like... Standard cover formation. Standard co- Yeah, standard cover formation, and they're like talking, messaging him saying... Your transponder. Your transponder's not working. He was just like, "All right, well, uh, uh, I'm pre-empire. I don't have to have a transponder." It's like th- that was that was under the empire. This is New Republic territory now. <laughs> and he was like, "All right, well, I'll, I'll get, get right that. on that. I'll get right on that as soon as I'm able to." And then a little bit of quiet. Later. Like, I'm going to need you to ping, <laughs> ping us. <laughs> Basically, send out like a little radar ping. Essentially, is what I take that to mean. To I, basically prove. Like to to basically. No, they wanted him to actually like give a, some little indication that the transponder works, but is like broken. Like probably that's what it is. But he doesn't want to do that because he sends out a ping that's going to alert any other ship that is basically picks it up. Razorcrest is here, and he knows that there are people after him. And then it gets worse because the other the the other X wing pilot just goes, "Hey Carson." Can you switch over to channel two? <laughs> and so they go quiet, and then Mando just sort of sees the S foils lock into attack position. He's like, and again, you can't see his face, but just there was enough subtle shift in his body language that he was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's it's, equi- it's equivalent of them- see, seeing seeing the officers wandering back over now with their hands on their guns. <laughs> Do you mind stepping out of the vehicle, sir? <laughs> and then taking off afterwards. Yeah, um, because they basically recognize the ship from the prison ship from last season. Yep, and then when they were just like, it's just the same Razor Chris that... Uh, was on... I forget what what exactly. What is that? Prison ship X blah, 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 blah. Both in five. And there was like, there was like a silence and then he just... Guns it, guns it straight for the nearest moon. He he gunned it hard, and it was the equivalent of like watching OJ take off in the white Bronco. <laughs> As the X wings are keeping up with him, yada yada yada, he ends up crashing on this ice, on this icy moon of wherever it is. His ship ends up falling into a cave, gets wrecked basically, really wrecked, mm-hmm. and. He's just sort of like, there's nothing more I can do right now. We should just hole up and I can check the damage in the morning. 
kind of thing because it's gonna because it's getting dark. It's gonna get colder when it's dark because that's what temperatures do, especially on an ice planet. Uh, but she proves to be a deft hand with mechanics uh, with mechanics because Mando still had the wreckage of Zero the droid from that same episode in his ship. She basically rigs his head up as a essentially a, a translator. A translator. She's she's sort of croaking into like a microphone, and you hear Richard Ayoade's voice you know, translating it all. She's like, "No, we need to go. We need to go. This is my, you know, my my bloodline will die out if we don't get these eggs." And he's like, "He's like, well, I'm telling you this right now. The deal's off." And she's like, and then she basically calls him out on his Mandalorian honor. Yeah, where she's and he's like, just like, yeah, where where he he kind of just gets the she says. uh you know, is is the is Mandalorian honor true, or is that just the story told to children? And I think even Baby Yoda reacted. Yeah, to Baby that. Yoda just sort of turned and looked up at him again, like, "Daddy, are you going to help the nice lady?" Oh, we need to talk about Baby Yoda too. Oh yeah, there's a running gag through this episode, and we well, call. yeah, if you watched season one, you know that Baby Yoda likes to eat frogs. Well, he's not going to eat Frog Lady. Because she's too big, and he can't swallow something that big. He looked at the tank that she's hauling around with her eggs in them as basically a walking smorgasbord. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout yeah. the episode, it's like you you know you'd see him just sort of pop an egg into his mouth and just slurp it down, and then just go. Eh, you know, and little, then Mando's little, like, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. Trying try, try to tell, trying to you know impress upon him, no, 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 no. Do not eat these. Um, and then. He starts doing some repairs on the ship, and then Baby Yoda literally comes out and is like trying to point at something. It's like uh, you need to come over here. It's like you need to see this, Dad. <laughs> and so, when he finally finally sees, she's gone, and, and then, he basically tracks her into this cave where there's some hot springs where she's basically warming up and keeping the eggs warm, which yeah, is very she, important. Yeah, she's sitting there keeping them warm, and uh, he's like. You know, like, what are you doing? This is dangerous. You know, you know he starts we, this gathering. Is a, this is a, this this is a dangerous place. So he's sitting there gathering the eggs up. Yo, baby Yoda literally just looks at the eggs and is he's like still, reaching to grab it. He just goes, no, 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 no. So and so, baby Yoda then wanders off, and you know he's and he's sort of looking around in the the the, the cave, and we see like the stalactites and everything, and then as baby Yoda's sort of wandering through the cave. You see these little, like, more rounded little things poking up. And I'm like, they, they and were, I'm staring at them like, those aren't stalagmites. <laughs> they, they reminded me of the canisters from Prometheus. Mm-hmm. That's what they reminded me of. I was just like, are we going to have a face hugger? Well, and then Baby Yoda goes up to one of these things, which yeah. were eggs. Let's not beat around the bush. They were eggs themselves. And he basically peels one of them open, reaches in, picks up the little spider thing in it. And Chris and I were both so expecting me to go, you know, for, for it to like, leap like at his face. face and he chomps on it. And then you, we start seeing the eggs start wobbling around. And Chris and I were both just like, oh, no. <laughs> which was basically our commentary throughout the most of the do rest remember, of the episode. Do you remember what I had said, though? When this was happening, I was like, "Are those the spiders from Rebels?" Yeah, the spiders on uh, what was the name of that that uh, moon or planet? It was Atalon. It's or something. the one that Bendu was on. Yeah, the one that the Bendu was on. Uh, they, you know, the the Rebels set up shop someplace where they could reliably keep the egg, keep the spiders. Atolon, A T O L O N, Atolon, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, 
So I was just like, is this supposed to be like a frostier part of that planet? Um, and they are similar in design. Mm-hmm, very, but, very similar. But uh, they're not exactly like the spiders from that particular From planet. Rebels, yeah. But regardless, a whole bunch of them start hatching. And then and, well, and, and, and Baby Yoda is run, has, just sort of hurries over to Mando, who turns around and sees them, and is just like... And you can see, again, no dialogue, but the body language alone is just like... Oh shit! <laughs> and so, even the, and even the the frog lady's like, oh, that's too many for me to eat. <laughs> like I'm surprised she wasn't going hoof 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 with the damn tongue. No, like and so like, up, like we see them in various sizes. Like we see the little baby ones. We see like little like ones that are just a little bit bigger than like them. The we teenagers, see, like, and then see, you see the grown ups, and then we see mama. Now I see what I want to know is there had to have been a male and a female, and a lot of times one is usually bigger than the other. I think we can safely assume that the bigger one is the one that survived. Because yeah. it probably ate the smaller one. Probably. Um, but, yeah, then it was basically like just walking nightmare fuel for the rest of the episode as they're just running through the cave as Mando's like shooting as many of them as he can. Uh, uses his flamethrower, chucking, chucking grenades everywhere, trying it, to collapse the... It reminded me of that scene from Lost in Space where What's-His-Face from Friends... Uh, was shooting at all the spiders, but he had like the it was return- Matt LeBlanc, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I just, I, I'm, I'm not a f- fan of Friends. Sorry, I was too busy. And so, like, I figured you meant the, I figured you meant the movie. And it's just I needed to, I, I was like, who, what, which, which dude from Friends was it? Wasn't Chandler? <laughs> which mean, or no, it wasn't Ross. So that left Chandler or Joey. And I was like, I don't think it's Chandler. So it had to have Matt, been, jo- it had to have been Joey Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Uh, so. Like, I'm sorry, I wasn't a Friends fan back in the 90s. I was too busy watching Married with Children at the time. Anyways, no, it reminded me of, like, the scene in the movie where his helmet goes click, 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 click over his head. Mm. And then he turns and just starts shooting at the spiders. Mm. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Was that, but minus the <clears throat> minus the cool scene. But then again, Mando's got the cooler helmet. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, yeah, they end up having to seal themselves in the cockpit of the Razor Crest. As, as Mando's like shooting as many of them as he can, just trying to shut the door. No, like what? What? what you one thing that we skipped was the uh, the scene where he like supercharged the flamethrower. It went from it went from orange to blue, <laughs> and then he was just like, "All right," and then woof. And we were both like, "Kill it with fire," <laughs> um, and then take off and nuke the site from orbit. <laughs> so he he's trying to get back into the, he. Well, they're in the cockpit. He's trying to close the door. It's like right at the close, almost at the closing point. But they're just spiders constantly. <clears throat> and he's sitting there shooting. Everything. And some of their some are scuttling past, and one of them lands on Baby Yoda's head. Looks like it's about to do something, and pew! And then like Frog Lady turns. Mama like she's Frog got... just pull, has like a little holdout blaster and kills like the the few stragglers that made it in. She has the noisy cricket. That's what she has. No, because no, because was... how small it was. Yeah, but if it was a noisy cricket, there wouldn't have been a side left in that in the cockpit. <laughs> she would have blown a hole in it. And, and she would have gone flying backwards. This is true. But, well, she had, like, a wall at her back, so... Um, anyway. But anyway, um, so... He, he, like, flames out the... And shuts the door. And they try to take off, and then Mama lands on top of it. Who we thought was dead because she had been flamethrowered a little bit. But it turns and, out all and that no, did... she took a grenade to the face as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but it turns out all the grenade did was piss her off. Um, like, blew off one of the little pincers on her, on her mouth, I think. But... It's, Otherwise, it was just sort of like, you are going to feed my children. <laughs> so, she's 
She actually manages to break a hole into the cockpit. Two holes. Oh yeah, that's right. It was two holes. I just remember the one. I was just uh, like, we were just like, oh no. <laughs> so, but then out of nowhere, blaster fire happens outside that kills that, and then starts starts picking off all the all the little ones. Mando goes out, shoots like the stragglers. Well, no, he doesn't even get a chance to shoot any of the stragglers. No, inside. Oh, the ones in, there was like one or two inside, but once he stepped out outside, found out. Was the X-wing pilots came back, and they're they're there with their like carbines or whatever, just pew, 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 pew. just picking up all the spiders, and then they were just like, so, um, so you helped helped uh, a prisoner helped escape, a prisoner escape, but you also gave us three most wanted prisoners, and you helped, and you and a great cost to and a great peril to your own life, tried to protect the life of. The one living person that we had on that ship, <laughs> Lieutenant Davin or whatever, or whatever it was, and and, he, and he's like, you know, he's just like, how about I, you know, he's like, am I under arrest? <laughs> Literally, that's his only comment to all this. Just sort of like, and they're like, fix that transponder. No, no, they're like, he's like, you should be, and Mando's like, how about I forego those three bounties? You help me. Uh, s- s- patch up my ship so I can so I can get off this frozen rock and the X-Wing pilot just goes how about you fix that transponder and I don't shoot you out of the sky next time I next time I'm patrolling it out here in the rim <laughs> it's it's literally the freaking taillight yeah it's literally the freaking taillight thing it's like get that fixed and I won't have to arrest you next time I see you <laughs> So they take off, and then he goes, does whatever repairs that he can. And well, and literally, it's just he patches up the. That's that's why he I mean, patches but, up the cockpit, which is all he can really do with the materials that he has to hand. Yeah, because he literally looks at everyone and goes, "All right, use the bathroom now. It's gonna be a long trip. You can't come out to any other section of the ship because I can't get the back door to shut." So they literally take. He literally takes off, and they go, and Mando goes and like takes it, starts to take a nap in the cockpit seat. Baby Yoda looks over at Mom, looks over at the Ace. And, and she just sort of, like, is hugging the tank tighter to herself. Baby Yoda just turns back around and just... Just pops one in. It's <laughs> just like, when did he get that? We don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it's, this very much does remind me of the, the, the first arc from Season 1, which was like a three-episode arc at the very beginning of the season, where, yeah. he, gets, where he gets a job, uh, there's a complication... And then he can, and then he concludes the concludes the job, and uh, kicks off the plot of the season. Episode one of this, or chapter chapter nine, last episode, was him going to going to Tatooine and basically getting in, getting wrapped up in things there. But it led to him meeting with this cont, meeting with Frog Lady, and that's where the complication came in with him ending up on. Spider World, and it's just another Star Wars. Next episode, next episode is probably when he's gonna get introduced to uh, where he's gonna be put in touch with Mandalorians. And from the trailers, as I remember, as I recall, there was like a water planet or something. We see him like riding a ferry or something with Baby Yoda, and so that could be where they where they where that could be Trask. This estuary moon that they're going to quite possibly and um maybe that may be where he gets in touch with uh, sasha banks's character that we saw in the trailer the, the the chick with the hood that better be sabine 
I really, really hope it's Sabine. Because, you know, we've already had a couple... We've already had one Rebels-like scene <laughs> with the spiders this episode. If it turns out that the Mandalorians in the covert on Trask or in that system are, like, the, related to the Ren Clan or something... Hopefully, that would be that would be freaking awesome. That would be a great way to connect the two. Mm. It's, I mean, yeah, we we love it. We love this episode. We love this series. <laughs> it's just it, it, it has so many references to other things from mm-hmm. Star Wars. It is past. clearly a love letter from John Favreau and and Taika Waititi and all the other people that are involved in, in the Peyton Reed uh, who did this, who directed this episode. Um, they clearly know that. Real real Star Wars fans are going to be watching this and are going to appreciate all the little references that they put in there. And that they don't need to beat us over the head with what these references are. It's just they expect us to pick it up. And if even if we don't pick it up, there's enough context we'll be able to understand the meaning of, of it or we don't need to know the reference. It's... The, the reference is irrelevant to the plot. Essentially. I'm going to notice like the last episode, I was the one who pointed out that uh, the and marshal was driving around using Anakin's, Anakin's pod, pod, pod racer engine. Yeah, like his little saw, sidecar thing I, like, bolted onto the side. I mean, granted, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people would rather not remember the pod racing, but if you remember Anakin's pod racer, you remember the freaking engines that he had. Mm-hmm. So. Now the real question is, where's the rest of it? <laughs> Probably wrecked. <laughs> Possibly. Um, but yeah, and it's the, I. I'm really, really wondering uh, what the rest of the se- what the rest of the season is going to entail. What you know, if it is Sabine that he gets put in touch with next uh, next episode, then. Or when he finally makes contact with the Mandalorians around Trask, it, are they basically be like, we don't know where any Jedi are, but we know where a Force user is? Because remember, Soka's not a Jedi anymore. No. So, but she still uses those lightsabers. Yes, but lightsabers, while they are the trademark weapon of a Jedi, you do not need to be a Jedi to use a lightsaber. No. They're just very, very dangerous if you're not a Force user, most likely, basically. Well, I remember the biggest non-Force user who used them was... Um... Han Solo. No. He, he used Luke's lightsaber to cut open the Tauntaun in Empire Strikes Back. No, I was thinking General Grievous. Oh, no, it's true. I mean... But he was a droid, you know, and or cyborg with a lot of computerized droid parts bolted onto him. Uh, that probably, you know, the computer stuff probably made up for a lot of the uh, the skill, I would say. Yeah. Or, you know, were incorporated into it, I should say. Well, if I remember correctly, I think he said that Count Dooku helped him learn a few moves. He's like, you know, he's like, I was trained in the, in the, in lightsaber fighting by Count Dooku, and Obi-Wan's response was, well, I trained the Jedi who killed Count Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> Say like, what up? <laughs> it's just sort of like, I'm, uh, my Trump tops your Trump. <laughs> but um, yeah, like like I said, uh, I'm honestly wondering if whether or not we, to be honest with you, I kind of want to see Bendu come back at some point in time. Oh but God, I, if the Bendu, I think if the Bendu makes an appearance, it should be Force Ghost. 
Well, wasn't he pretty much like a Force ghost? Essentially, he, like... he essentially became one with the Force in his last moments when Thrawn was trying to kill him. <clears throat> he just essentially became a thundercloud, and then just we never saw him again. Yeah, um... but I mean, if the Bendu were to show back up, you have to have Tom Baker. Yes, definitely get or hell. Not just Tom Baker, but if you want to have, like, several of them, screw it. Just get other actors who played the Doctor to voice the character. <laughs> or other Time Lords. Uh, like, uh, screw it. Get Colin Baker to voice one. <laughs> Peter Davison. Or have them play other Jedi. Or that. I'm fine with that. Or other or, or other people associated with the Jedi, like David Tennant Cause, was. Because he, he played a droid. Well, he, who played, wasn't... he played the droid that essentially helped the younglings create their lightsabers mm-hmm. like and yeah uh, yeah uh like i remember the one the the wookie kid uh his idea was to make a lightsaber with a wooden hilt and he goes huh that's an interesting idea well i remember in the jedi in the uh in the legends continuity in the jedi academy novels which focused on jason and Jaina solo the twins the twin uh children of han and leia and some of their friends, one of whom was a Wookiee and was Chewbacca's nephew. His name was Lobaka. Oh, God. I was, I was going to say, please don't be the freaking one from the holiday special. No. <laughs> um, and, in one of the, and in one of the books, they had to... They were entrusted with basically constructing their own lightsabers. And so they, as part of the, as part of the process, they had to get the materials that they, that they needed for it you know the crystal that they were going to use for it this was before i think kyber crystals became the, the main thing the main thing um you know something that to use as the as the the handle of the, the lightsaber and and everything and they all in their own ways const- made lightsabers that were unique to them but tenel ka who was uh dathomirian this was before dathomir was retconned uh, in the new con- in the new canon or in the Star Wars Clone Wars canon, as being the way it is, it was not like that in the, the novel. Very Mars like <clears throat> appearance. Yeah, um, well, just red, very red and dark. <laughs> very red. Very it was dark. it was it was a, it was a it was more like a forest foresty slight jungle thing, if I recall correctly. It was featured most prominently in the courtship of Princess Leia. Was the name of the novel. Uh, where it was introduced, and but Tanoka, who is half actually half Dathomirian, uh, and who but emphasizes that half of her of her ancestry more than the other half, which was a princess from a planet that was also introduced in Courtship Princess Leia. I don't remember that one, but she basically goes gets a crystal uh, from a volcano. And uses like I think it was like a tooth from some animal that she that she had killed on Dathomir, and but the problem that she ran into was that the inside interior of the tooth was not quite big enough to for the configuration. She sort of kit bashed it to try to make it work, and the crystal was not entirely clear. It was like cloudy, but she assumed that she would still it would still function, and she could make it work. And as she was training with Jason Solo, her lightsaber fails on her. And he ends up cutting her arm off. 
uh, and then the lights the lightsaber blows the lightsaber then blows up in her hands. So it's basically it's they can't just reattach it. The rest of the rest of the book is like she ends up being taken taken back to her other half, and they end up following her to try to convince her to come back. She comes to accept both sides of her heritage, even though she prefers the Dathomirian side. Makes a new lightsaber using like crystal, like using gemstones from her her like crown princess regalia <laughs> from the, from the other planet and the other tooth, but she makes it work properly this time. But it was. She never does, I think, get a get an arm, uh, get a new arm attached or anything. She just is one armed for the rest of the, for the rest of the books, as far as I remember. They, they were in, they were interesting books. Um, Kevin J. Anderson, I know, he might have been the one who wrote those, but at any rate, it was it was a while ago. Yeah, I, I unfortunately never read any of the Star Wars novels growing up. I fell out of reading them because there were just too many of them to keep up with. <laughs> and especially once the New Jedi Order time uh, era kicked off, which was, you know, introduced the Yuuzhan Vong, uh, which are like a species from, I think, outside the galaxy that came into the galaxy who really, really fucked up people. Um, and they're completely force blind to the point where force powers don't work on them. Those would make some, some pretty interesting villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I, like I, most of the most of the New Jedi Order books basically deal with the Yuuzhan Vong invasion, and the fact they're kicking a lot of ass but of both the New Republic and what Imperial remnants there there are. And a lot of other stuff besides. I imagine that if they were to ever finally get... I don't know when they're planning on doing this, because I haven't heard any announcement for this series, is the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series that they announced. Because mm-hmm. um, if you look with at... You and, with Ewan McGregor. Yes. In fact, if you look at Ewan now, I swear, I, he's growing his... He grew his beard out. Well, and he made you're going to be playing Obi-Wan. <laughs> you got to have the fucking beard. Uh, but... Uh, he, they had, nothing's really been announced as to when they're gonna. Start. As far as I know, anybody else has heard when they're planning on starting filming it? Please say something because I can't find anything in terms. I of... I think they have started like at least pre-production. But what I, what I most want, want to see when uh, the Obi Wan series has been filmed, etc. When they have like the Star Wars celebration thing when they usually show like trailers and stuff for some Star Wars related things just you know don't announce ahead of time what it what what it's going to be but just have you know show the show the trailer you know the crowd of course is going to be losing their losing their minds and then when the lights come back on you just have you and McGregor there you know dressed, with the, with, up, as. dressed up as it and he just has the microphone and waits for the pl- to die down and just, him just goes and him just and he just goes hello there <laughs> <laughs> Which will get a huge cheer, you know, and laughter from the crowd. But <laughs> I, 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 would, I would, I would, it would be right up there with Ian McDermott showing up after the trailer for Episode Nine at Star Wars Celebration. Him just going, "Roll it again" in the Palpatine voice. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. I've seen the clip of it. He, but I, and it's like the crowd of was already losing their minds from the, from but, the trailer, but especially because that was the it was the trailer where we heard Palpatine's laughter. So seeing like the live like 
somebody like just on their camera phone or whatever filming all this and hearing the crowd losing their shit over hearing Palpatine's laughter and then when the lights come back up there he is on stage and he just goes roll it again <laughs> oh god they know how to they they, 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 they know that, how to, they that's know why how to get... that's why I want to see I want to see Ewan McGregor show up whenever they do the trailer for it and him just there on the stage after the lights come back up and just hello there <laughs> Because he's got to be aware that that's become a meme. <laughs> I Well, I, I think... I'm, I'm just going to say, I think one of my favorite Ewan McGregor moments now is when he was on the Graham Norton show, and Graham Norton asks him, do you own a lightsaber? He, and he mouths the words, no. Uh, oh, no, no, he mouths the words, I do. And then he goes, I don't officially own a lightsaber. And then he mouths the words, I do. And then he goes... I don't uh, officially own a lightsaber. <laughs> and then he goes, prop guy gave it to me. What? <laughs> and, uh... I mean, come on. That would be, like, the greatest get that you could get. And it turns out Graham Norton had, like, several lightsabers sitting there. And uh, he's like, oh, these are these are already turned on. And he goes, which one, which one is yours? And he goes, uh, that one I think is mine. He goes, oh, wait, that's Alec Guinness's lightsaber. It's like, screw it, close enough. <laughs> and then he takes it, gets it up, and he goes, will they break with you? And he taps it and goes, oh, they won't. He gets up, walks around to the side of the stage, and starts doing the twirl with the lightsaber. <laughs> and uh, Graham just goes, oh, look at that. And everybody in the audience is reacting to like, it. Oh! <laughs> uh, cheering on and it's just like alright he's still got the skills to do this because I guess he spent enough time training for the role probably yeah uh, so now in terms of the show like I honestly want to see it sit between the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith and before he goes to Tatooine well except he goes to Tatooine right at the end of Revenge of the Sith it's been a while since I've seen because he delivers Luke to his Uncle Ben. <laughs> yes, but what happened after he... Did he stay on Tatooine and then go back? Or... I imagine he... That's the thing. He may have left to try to like get in touch with, with whatever Jedi survived Order 66. If only to make sure you know, get underground as soon as you can. Kind yeah. Of thing. Go um, into hiding. And then, you know, yeah, he just bunkers down on Tatooine and, or whatever. But, yeah, there's plenty of room there. Because it was, what, 18 years? Between, you know, 17 years between the end of Revenge of the Sith and when uh, Luke meets him in uh, Episode 4? Something along the lines of that. Because Luke is right on that, right on the cusp sort of thing. And, well, let's not forget the, uh, the episode of Rebels where uh, Maul finally yeah. confronts him on Tatooine they have the single stroke battle and the episode ends with um Obi-Wan walking up to the farm yep and then you hear him Luke Luke Luke, in the distance yep and him just going hmm stroking stroking his his old man beard stroking his his old wise man beard (laughs) oh god you know like here we are just rambling about Star Wars stuff you know but Mandalorian uh great good episode not necessarily the strongest one but it was very it very much felt like part, it's, it's, it felt it's, like part two of a trilogy it's of still like I look at it more not really as like a, an, a second episode but more of just like a continuation of sorts of well it's like the first the first season like, like I said the first three episodes are one whole story and then 
And then we, we had, had we had we had like a few uh, we had like th- uh, three non really sort of non connected episodes with um, this with Sanctuary, the Gunslinger, and the Prisoner, and then we had the two episode finale. I imagine we're probably going to get something similar here, where we're going to then get like three episodes after episode three, where may not necessarily be fully in, fully connected. Uh, then again, it could be. It could be that they just uh, they did things in season one the way they did because they weren't sure if it was gonna if it was if gonna, it was gonna work if it was gonna succeed. And then when people you know fell in love with baby with the Baby Yoda show featuring the Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, then suddenly they're like, okay, we've got a success. Now we can make now we can make the next season more interconnected. There is one thing that I would kind of like to see them do. Um, something to hold fans off, essentially, between seasons. Mm. Not doing like like what they're saying with the miniseries for Boba Fett and whatever. But uh, something that CBS is doing with the new Star Trek stuff. Like the it, Lower Decks? Not, no, well, okay. Maybe oh, you're talking about the mini... The, 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 the mi- short treks, The short yes. treks, yeah. Where... Uh, each of the episodes, in a way, they're only is, and they're like what, like ten ten minutes long each, ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, little little things. Uh, I think the longest one is probably about eighteen minutes. Um, but anyways, no, like every single episode, like granted, yeah, there are some episodes that are kind of connected with like season one and season two of uh, Discovery, and then the rest don't have anything to do with the main series. So something that I would like to see is maybe like. Like a day in the life of Baby Yoda on the ship when like it's just them on the ship trying between like worlds or whatever, and then I got I got an idea for what they could do for those sorts of things. Again, going back to Legends, there were a series of short story collections that they did where it was Tales from the Moss Eisley can- Cantina, <laughs> Tales from Jabba's Palace, and there was a there was a third one I don't remember what it what it was called, but they basically all those like. Unique looking aliens that populated the very the like the cantina or Jabba's palace, they all got like a they all got a story that basically shed a little bit more light on them. The tales from Jabba's palace gave us the story of the Rancor keeper, oh, the what, guy who was crying yes, in Return of the Jedi because he was he had been arranging to to basically get the Rancor free and set it and like set it free somewhere, and it was like. A week from doing it, when Luke killed it, it was a <laughs> that's week why away from retiring. Exactly, <laughs> that's why the guy was crying over it because it was he was on the verge of finally freeing it. Oh um, God! That, and, that, that, that. and a whole bunch of other stuff. A whole bunch of other stuff. I think there was there was even in the Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina there was one about the two guys. You know, the two that confront that confront Luke and that Obi Wan draws his lightsaber on. You know, you must watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. Oh, God. I, I just remember the robot chicken version of it where the guy <laughs> with the butt face was sitting there going, like, wait, wait. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? No, we're not. <laughs> and then it turns out the two of them were just, like, co-workers or whatever. And the guy and was just well, like, ah. Well the, guy, well, the one who had, like, his arm cut off, it turns out he was, like, one of those, like, designers. Like, he would drop, like, blueprints, and he was really good at his job. And then <laughs> the, the arm that gets cut off just has to be drawing his drawing arm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next episode when they presumably arrive on Trask and drop off Frog Lady, hopefully with no more eggs getting eaten. 
Oh, do you remember the joke that I cracked? <laughs> oh, God. The joke that I cracked when he crashed the ship and all of the shit in the ship, including the container with the eggs, went flying over to the other... Like, did, They were I, just I getting whopped back and forth. I know there's not a whole lot of space in his ship. It's a very cramped ship. But after he crashes, <laughs> you were just after like, he crashes, oh after he crashes, I said, "All right, who wants scrambled eggs?" And I was just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> uh, hopefully, that she's not keeping too too close account. Otherwise, she's gonna be like, she's gonna like look at the wait. This canister was full when I set out, and now there's only half. <laughs> what happened? You just see Baby Yoda burp. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> has a little bit of like the juices from the container coming, you know, coming out of his mouth, and uh, yeah, you got to see Papa Mando uh, discipline him, lock him in his room. <laughs> Go to your room. And baby, I'll just sort of looks at him and is like looks around like, which one's my room? <laughs> Throws him into the hammock, locks the door. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Uh, next Friday can't come soon enough. <laughs> no, thankfully I have Friday off this time. Yeah, so because as we've mentioned, Chris ha- Chris works in food service, so he usually works weekends. And uh, my and Fridays and Fridays and last week when the new episode dropped, you basically got fucked over by your job. Did I? No. Well, no, was... not on Friday, but Friday we went to go see. Alita Battle Angel. No, that theaters. was that was the that was the day before Halloween. Yeah, but that was the day that the new episode that the new Mandalorian episode dropped. Yeah. And we were just like, we're gonna we have other plans, we're gonna go do that instead. And then how and then on Halloween you were uh got I, I you got I, fucked over by work. <laughs> I, I I worked that sweet, sweet mid to close shift. Had to be back in the next day at nine AM. Oh yeah. Came back came home, watched Mandalorian, tired as hell. Probably should have been sleeping, but I chose to sit here and watch the new but episode. The, of but the allure of Baby Yoda is too strong to resist. <laughs> the allure of Baby Yoda and, and badass Mandalorian. And seeing the Mandalorian and seeing what they're going to do, and me trying to avoid spoilers on yes. Facebook. I was try- I was doing the same thing all day yesterday. You know, all I knew was <clears> that there were. I saw something about space bugs, and I. I, no, no, no. See, but see, the only thing I knew about the space bugs is because I saw like the clip of Doctor Mandible from the cantina scene see, in this episode, see, see, and I was like, okay. But then we got the. <laughs> see, the only thing that I saw was that apparently the spiders were originally supposed to be in Empire Strikes Back on Hoth, but that's all that I had seen. I was like, okay, cool. I guess the practical effects didn't they couldn't make they, it work. They, could, they couldn't make it work at the and time. probably che- probably cheaply enough. So they were like, all right. All right, we'll shelve this for right now. And <clears throat> Lucas just sort of stuck it somewhere in his series Bible, and then somebody at uh, somebody at Lucasfilm slash Disney just pulled out that series Bible, just went, <sighs> blew the dust off of it, and they're like, nope, nope. Because <laughs> George Lucas, for all that he is credited with giving us the Star Wars franchise as a whole, prequel trilogy proves... He needs an editor okay, to so keep I'm, him in check. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. So um, I'm going to promote somebody else real, really quick. So Linkara on atop the fourth wall, mm-hmm. uh, somebody actually found the original screenplay for the original Star Wars back when it was simply called The Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
That was the original title. There was no New Hope, Episode 4, none of that. Mm -hmm. And somebody took that, made a comic book for it. He did a review for the comic, uh, and it shows essentially pretty much all the original ideas that Lucas was originally going to do for the original Star Wars film. And thank God that didn't happen. Right, if you look at the if you look at Link Carr's video for it, um, and uh, you see like the way that it, you know they had they adapted everything in the comic form, some ideas you might like, you know, you might be like, okay, this probably could have worked. If you really think about it, it would not have worked. Like the stormtroopers all having lightsabers, that would not have worked. Um, but yeah, like if you want to go look up Link Carr's video for that. Mm. And, um, watch that video. Uh, maybe track the comic book down if you can find it. Like I said, it's based off of Lucas's original screenplay. Yeah, and I've seen, I've read other articles and heard others heard other accounts of the ideas that he that he has are all. Not all of them are go- are good. Well, it's like like I said, he needs an editor well, so, or somebody to keep him in check, just sort of like to filter. Well, let's the not ideas. forget. Let's not forget that his biggest influence for Star Wars was the original Flash Gordon serials. Mm. Uh, in fact, if you go back and you watch those, you'll see a lot of similarities, like stuff that he borrowed from that and put it into yeah. Star Wars. And let's also not forget that he was also a Star Trek fan. Uh, he openly admitted that if it wasn't for Star Trek, he would not have made Star Wars. And if it wasn't for Star Wars, we wouldn't have had the motion picture. So, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's it's give and take. Yes, um, and um, in they, fact, they've sort of influenced each other. In fact, I remember JJ, uh, who was JJ Abrams when he was working on the 2009 film. I actually went to go visit George Lucas on Skywalker Ranch, and uh, he had a toy phaser from the 1960 Star Trek with him, and uh, he hands it to Lucas and he says what do you make of this? He goes, I mean, he was like, well, if this was like X amount of years ago, I probably would have said, oh, it's just a piece of junk, but because of its historical value in terms of like pop culture references and whatever, it's, you know, it's... Priceless. It's (laughs) essentially priceless, yeah. It's like, I mean, granted, yeah, it's not like the lightsaber or anything like that, but it's something that you see and you know that it's from an iconic franchise. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Lucas also openly admitted that he... Went to the very first Star Trek convention too, and there is a picture of him meeting Gene Gene Roddenberry. Roddenberry. So, (laughs) yeah, Um, but I'm just you know I'm glad that the Mandalorian seems to not have too much executive meddling like the sequel trilogy did. Honestly, I want to know if whether or not John Favreau told Kathleen Kennedy do not get involved. Plus, it's like it's just sort of like, I get it. It's a success, so you want to have your fingerprints on it. But it's successful because it doesn't. It, it because you have not meddled with it. That is why it works. Because like we've seen what her meddling looks like in terms of Episode Nine, mm-hmm. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Because the movie was supposed to be called Duel of the Fates. I've seen the original uh, mock-up art, of the posters. The, no, no, not the mock-up. Oh, yeah, the, the artwork for it. And what they were originally going to do looked so much better. Mm. Like, Kylo Ren, like, instead of getting his helmet repaired, he was supposed to get a brand spanking new helmet made from Mandalorian armor. 
Get so that there was that. Uh, then, uh, yeah, I th- I think I now I, now that you mentioned, I think I may have read some of that. Uh, like with some of the like the, what the original concept for Duel of the Fates was. And I, a, and I was just like, can we just get somebody get their hands on the script for that and make a comic book out of that? Or screw it, completely completely write out uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker Retconic, and, make, and retcon it completely Boom. and then make that. Because uh, Kathleen, yeah. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy did, like, she's the reason why Palpatine was brought back. He was never supposed to be brought back. And I would have been fine if he hadn't been brought back. Um... And um, then again, there were a lot of other things wrong with. But we could do a whole separate ramble cast about Star Wars. We've already been going for almost an hour, so we should probably wrap this up. Um, but yeah, so next episode, hopefully he gets in touch with Mandalorians. Hopefully that means Sabine. Sabine, and uh, hopefully Ahsoka makes an appearance in that episode. If not, well, if not, she's she will make an appearance. I don't know that's necessarily going to be next episode. If it is, awesome. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, and yeah, I think we we brought this up. It's like if they somehow weave in uh, the ending to to Rebels and try to bring and try to bring. You know, I don't know how true this is, but I heard uh, among, uh, in the on the rumor mill that Thrawn might be in this season. Oh baby, Thrawn in Thrawn in real life—that would be amazing. Because suppo- uh, supposedly, uh, uh, I don't know how true this is going. Again, rumors is that we're going to see the adult version of Ezra Bridger. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If they bring Ezra back in, because they did. Yes. I mean, the way the way Rebels ended, they literally left it open for a sequel series. And we've been waiting for it. And if Mandalorian turns in, turns out to be the the sequel series, like Rebels was to Clone Wars, in the end, yes, because Rebels kind of stood on its own until the end of until the end of season one, when suddenly Ahsoka turns up, and then suddenly it's like, oh, so suddenly it's a sequel series, and then they bring Commander Rex, back. Ahsoka, the clones, uh, screw it, Vader. Well, Vader, yeah, well, Vader is sort of not fully Clone Wars to the same extent that Rex and Ahsoka were. Yeah, because they were pretty prominent throughout that. Because Vader sort of belongs to the franchise as, as a, a whole, whole, not just Clone Wars. But anyway, we definitely enjoyed it. Uh, can't hope, wait to see episode can't, three. Can't wait till Friday for episode for uh, chapter 11. Uh Whatever that that one ends up being, that one ends up being called. But I think that about wraps it up for this uh, this Mando cast. So for Chris, I'm Jay, and I have spoken. Thanks for listening to a bored to death Mando cast. Be sure to check out all the episodes of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.